Welcome to Gay It Forward. I'm your host, Jonathan James. I'm here to teach my co-host, Mr. Chris Lord. Hello. Uh, what's your hashtag? Hashtag worst gay. About gay and pop culture. And hopefully educate some of you listeners on our journey as well. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite movies, Death Becomes Her, which Chris has weirdly never seen because you were just deprived as a child. I was. I've seen many things. None of it was gay. I didn't really get to start being gay until about three years ago. So I'm catching up. I'm like a, I'm like a, like an adolescent gay. I think I'm beyond baby gay, but I'm not there yet. Like a gay teenager. Well, I didn't get to be one. So now I am one now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you want to. It's, it's a very traumatizing period. So we will be here to teach him all about Death Becomes Her and more. It'll be exciting. Come with us on this journey um, as we all, mostly me, become better gays. On this magical journey down, up, and through the rainbow. In the rainbow, out the rainbow. Inside the rainbow. Inside the rainbow. On top of it, underneath it. All things will it. be covered. All things will be uncovered. Oh. <laughs> oh. Enjoy. Enjoy. I had never, I never heard of it, and then I had never seen the poster except I started seeing posters for like someone's doing a drag variation on this, right? Somewhere in Weezer, yes, or it's just Jinx happened. Jinx Monsoon, who I know you have no idea who that is. Who's that? God damn it! <laughs> is wait, is Jinx Monsoon somehow related to RuPaul? Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, that's pretty good that I was able to guess. I mean, that. I think you just gauge it by my reaction to when you say drag queen names. I don't, I don't really know any. You only know like the four here in West Hollywood. Yeah. That you kind of, and like, I, I adore them. I adore them all. But yeah, I don't really know like pop culture level drag queens. Wait, I just, out of my own curiosity. Yeah. Name <laughs> five. Like you're you're name struggling just, name to just, just. Name five drag queens. It doesn't have to be RuPaul. Just name five drag queens. Um, okay. So, Doll. Okay. Pickle. Anita Procedure, um, Felony Dodger, and, oh, one that you shared with me recently and I didn't get it initially, Sharon Needles. <laughs> but she wasn't anywhere. Like, I just shared it with you. You just told me that name because I was like, wait, is there a pun there? And you just stared at me and eventually I'm like, oh, right, Sharing Needles. Such a gaby. <laughs> but hey, I did it five. Yay. Yeah. Mostly locals. That's the only ones I know. Because <laughs> as it's well established, I've never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, there's a local on, there was a local one on this season. Oh, there was? Yeah. Who's the local one? Mayhem Miller. Yeah, never never heard of that person. She's at, she's at the Abbey most of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of drag queen. I only really just know beyond anything that Flaming Saddles does. I don't really go beyond that. No. My I, name is Chris Lord. Uh, uh, I'm really I, nice when I get toasted. Oh, this is so true. <laughs> this is why I'm drinking right now, as I'm hoping that as the podcast progresses, I'll get increasingly nicer. <laughs> you mean, mean, mean bitch. I am. I'm mean. I'm sarcastic. Uh, unless you load me up with bottomless mimosas, and then I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet. And then you end up headfirst in a toilet. Um, uh, no. <laughs> no. I passed out on the toilet. 
There's a big difference. <laughs> I thought you died. I, I think I did. <laughs> it's Actually, scary. I think I did for a little while. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it was uh. real bad. Um, this is why I don't drink mimosas anymore. Also, part of the reason I barely ever go to drag brunch at this point. Oh, how, does, how do you live your life without your drag queens? Uh, I don't know. Somehow I've sustained. I think my soul just gets slightly darker every weekend I don't go. Maybe you should watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll even do an episode on it at some point. But yeah, Jinx Monsoon has a show called Drag Becomes Him. Okay. Which she even stated that Jeff Becomes Her was her inspiration for starting to do drag. Oh, see, I can, I can see why. Because, so it's kind of funny that you would have chosen this. Because on paper, it's not that gay. No. Right? It's not like um, like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert or something like that. Like, no. It's really obvious. Because um, as far as I can tell, there are no, there are no like, gay characters in it anywhere. Well, there's Meryl Streep's uh, skin doctor guy. Skin. Oh, He gives oh, okay. her the card that's for right. yeah, he's... Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. I'm sure one of Isabella Ro- Rossellini's like, uh, army of Fabios is Yeah, is I, I would think that they're all least... like pansexual i feel like she would just she seems like the type that would just sleep with everybody and surround herself with very attractive people to do the same basically yeah i mean she's probably slept with half the people she's given that potion oh to. my god yeah she's just had numerous undead orgies i mean she's how old does she say like 108 or I something she was like 70 something oh i thought she was older no she's not like seven only like 70 something right but yeah i mean yeah because you got like what james dean was in there elvis Oh yeah, I forget um, they're they're like um Maryland, the obviously. scene with all the people. Yeah. Which is funny because as a kid, I didn't get that. No, I was I just thought it was a bunch it. of random ass people. And yeah. then as I got older, I'm like, oh my god, there's Elvis. Yeah. There's James Dean. Because she says that whole line of like you have to fake your own death. Like yes. Well, uh, and because they're not those those random like cameos, they're not necessarily subtle, but they're also not explicit in that yeah. same way. Like I think the most obvious is probably James Dean because he's getting into the Porsche. Yeah. At the end. Although, well, and, when it's like I, I didn't even. I think at the t- when I first saw this, I didn't even know that whole story, and I don't wasn't aware of James. Well, Dean. Yeah, I don't think I became aware of James Dean until like I want to say junior high. Yeah, that makes sense. So I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, like there's all these people that have taken this potion. Now I'm like, oh my god, there's look at all these famous people. Look at all these old school cameos. I did think that was an interesting place for it to go at the end. Cause like I, I really loved this movie and it's a movie based on like, for me, that's all about moments and just amazing lines, incredible one liners. But I feel like once they actually got the plot in motion, they didn't know where to go with it. And so the third act is a little wonky for me. Yeah. It, it, it does kind of like, that's the thing I, lo- I like, I love and hate about campy movies. Oh my God. Do you need more, some more tequila? I think you know that answer. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you talk. I'll get you some more tequila. I was going to say, I think, I think the, and, you know, I've never had this argument with people otherwise, but I think sometimes what makes a gay or queer film is not the fact that sometimes it has um, gay characters, is just the camp value. Oh, yeah, and this movie is just pure Be- camp. Because the camp value, the camp things that I show my straight friends versus what they show me are intrinsically different. What? Intrinsically? Is that the right word? I think think you're going for intrinsically. Intrinsically. Whoops. (laughs) Here, have some more tequila. It'll become clear. Wait, so Um, what what are the the camp things that your straight friends show you? My camp, my camp, like, my straight friends will show me, like, 
very obscure like stoner movies or this is mostly like the guys though They're, like the girls will the broads. like most of most of the broads have the heard bros the bros the broads um most of the girlfriends have known about death becomes her for a while okay. and that's kind of that's kind of how i find them is like you know like sometimes when you're trying to feel like someone else is gay so you make that really obscure reference to some something oh i just walk up and like oh excuse me are you gay I just. I, I, luckily, I live in West Hollywood. So I thought most you just. I thought you just yes. trip into their butthole. Like that also happens sometimes too. I just find myself there. I'm like, how did this happen? Well, we're just gonna go with it. Um. But when it's stuff at work and <laughs> like that, you can't. You can't do that. You have to just find it by other means. So like, more subtle means. More subtle means. I. I have a. I have a dear friend who, outed me, not to work, but like when he first got hired. And I was there, and he was trying to find the other gay people. Okay. And he just came over and started talking to me about Yentl. <laughs> and growing up as a Jewish gay boy, I would know all about Yentl, so I went off on that conversation. And then, and then, like, the very end of it, he's like, don't take this the wrong way. Are you a homosexual? And I went, is it not clear? What, what part of this conversation he's like, no, do I you just, not get? He's like, I kind of got it. I just wanted to, like, you know... Put the seal on the envelope. Yeah. I mean, you were wearing a sequined robe at the time, so that would have been a good a good giveaway. But. I was wearing a black frock. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking work outfits are the worst. I think every company that makes a shitty work uniform need that, like, the people in their corporate offices need to wear it for a week. And see how they like Bef- it. Yeah, and see how they like it. See, this is where I'm lucky, because my office, it's all women and gay men. I'm so like semi envious of you. It's funny because we both kind of do the same thing now, but I'm yeah. envious of you because mine has become more of like a boys' club. Oh, okay, yeah. With like, one girl. This our, the, our office is like the furthest thing from a boys' club. It does not stop me from talking about RuPaul to everyone. Well, of course. And no, everyone like, Don't straight people now love RuPaul all of a sudden? Isn't like this whole thing? It's getting there. Progress. Oh, okay. Progress. <laughs> Hashtag progress. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag it gets better. God. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can I can see what you mean though, because I think what makes this movie so gay is that it is so campy, so delightfully campy. Well, and it it also has that it also has that thing that a lot of I think gay men and women relate to of like the frenemies of these two people Mm-mm. who both hate and love each other on such a completely deep level. Yeah, like. They're both kind of the same person, so they love each other because they get that, and they kind of love the same man and stuff like that, and they want the same things, but then they hate each other for it at the same time. It's like watching some like a friend pick up a guy that I wanted, yeah. and having to be like, like uh, clap and be like, good, yay, good for get you. Some. That you was what I was planning on. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, like, <laughs> uh, and we all know that there's just a lot. And then of the next morning we, we laugh. Yeah. And they're like, well, he was the bottom too. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, dust that like, it's, like, it's like Meryl Streep throwing that spear in between Golden Hawn. <laughs> yes! Oh, damn. damn. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. It, I think the one-liners for me on this movie would absolutely make it just all the way through. No, because I know... <laughs> so the one, one of my personal favorites was one that got, got used at my office. My coworker, Andrew, used this. 
And I didn't know what it was at the time. So then after I saw the movie, I like realized where he was coming from. But he's talking about someone. It's like, oh my God, yeah, she would go to the opening of an envelope. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Like, that is a great, great line. And now I know he just stole it. That's why I tell, I tell some of my friends to not watch certain things because yeah. I will com- become completely not funny at that moment. So how high up on that list is this movie? Like, how it's, much of your material comes from this it's movie? It's probably, let's see, first place would probably be Will and Grace. Okay. Which is how we got the name of this podcast. I will admit it for viewers so I don't get a Wait, bunch of really? people. Yeah. Where did this pop? Uh, no surprise here. I've only seen a couple episodes of Will and Grace. There so. is a three-parter episode Okay. where they take, I think it's Karen's cousin or nephew i don't remember but he's like one of karen's relations who mm-hmm. just came out and he just looks like he's he just looks super frumpy okay um it's i believe it's dan futterman who plays him but like they oh, made okay. him like yeah. grow out his hair he's wearing these big gl- like non-stylish glasses like yeah. baggy ass clothes and i don't know if you've seen dan futterman but he's like i i have I'm legitimately gonna, gonna... very attractive so they completely like he's got a full, untamed, untrimmed beard going. Oh, well, okay. Obviously, I know Dan Futterman. Yeah. He's the, the um, he's Val in The Birdcage. Yes. Oh, okay. That's why I know the name. Um, oh, my God. I love him. So, Will, so Karen charges Will and Jack to um, gay it forward and spruce him up. Whatever you yeah. want to. Whatever spruifing. kind of. Spruifing. Yeah. You want to spruce him up. <laughs> Um, and like throughout the three episodes, they make him hot and gayer. I think about like my favorite line is like, he comes back to Will one day. He's like, Will, I've watched all of these gay movies. They're all terrible. He's like, I know, but it's what we got to do. What we got to, we got. Was it a time when Love, Simon and Call Me By Your Name did not exist? exist. Yeah. Sorry. I just got distracted looking at photos of Dan Futterman without a shirt on. It's impressive. I was not expecting that. <laughs> so I only really know him from from the Birdcage. I'm like, oh, okay. Hello, <laughs> hello. I should, so, I should look up more of your Uber. So I'd say one is Will and Grace, and it's like two or three is Death Becomes Her. Okay, I would say. But that's that's again that's how I found out other people that knew it is that like. I wouldn't say it's my favorite line in the movie, but it's my most used one. Mm-hmm. Is that when I've like when I would be working. And they're like, oh, we want to, like, so I just want to warn you. And I would be like, now a warning? And then I would hear from, like, the other side of the building. <laughs> this is why I love my, like, my best work friend, Jessica. She's just, like, we had gotten hired together and then, like, slowly became. And so, like, from the other side of the room, she goes, I hear another, now a warning. I'm like, is there an echo? And then I look and she, like, looks at me. She's like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh I'm God. like. She's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, is, there, is there a fabulous echo in this building? God, I love her. She's just this polite Southern gal who knows every single fucking film and history reference on the planet. And oh, she's what? From like, she's from Texas. Okay. You need to have those kind of friends. You need to have the friends that know when you're pulling out a real obscure reference. Oh, I know. I like That's how I made like half my friends at work is just the ex- obscure ones. Because everyone's like, I like the Truffaut movie. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, where's my... Where's my Death Becomes Her reference, yeah, people? Exactly. Like, where's that? This is the shit I got into film for. Everyone else is like, I wanted to make, like, the next uh, avant-garde uh, Truffaut or Godard movie. And I'm like, great. I didn't see those films until I was at least 19. So I still haven't seen a lot of them either. Because kind of like my film education, like my gay education, came late. 
I'm going to leave someone else to that. I'll do your film, <laughs> your gay film education. That's fine. Everything from can, artsy to not. You can only take on so much a workload. Oh, oh, girl, we are going to do we are going to do some artsy gay films on this podcast. Like what? Uh, my own private Idaho. Okay, I think I've heard of this. Uh, Gus Van Sant with Keanu Reeves and River Phoenix. They play oh. gay ha- hustlers in Portland, Oregon. Oh. Um, some of them are not artistic, like Shelter, which is the gay surfer movie. Which was really funny because I was at my soccer thing last night and that popped up. I was like, oh my god, Shelter! And like five people sitting around like the couch because we were about to play King's Cup went, I love that movie! I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with my people. Yeah. Thank god. I'm like, I'm not the only one who's seen it. Um, Mysterious Skin, which will fuck you up. What's that? It is a good movie, but it will fuck you up. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a, again, a gay hustler, but that's yeah. all I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. I mean, I love Justin Gordon-Levitt. I know. He's naked in it, and you're going to be excited for all the wrong reasons, and you're going to hate yourself for it. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I do love a bit of self-loathing. I know. So So. you're going to be like, this scene is so hot. It's so wrong right now. Yeah. I hate that I am liking watching this. Because every every person I've talked to, I'm like, they're like, oh, it's so good. That scene in, in the... In the bathroom towards the end, like that was like, but I was like, ooh, that's not that's a, not a good thing to be like. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like everyone's had that reaction to that part. Oh my god, maybe we have to put this higher up on the list because now I'm very intrigued. My favorite quote I got from that, which was from a friend in college, mm-hmm. was I showed it to her. She's like, this was a really great movie. Why the fuck did you show it? To me? <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> She's like, this is the most fucked up thing, but it was so good, so I don't know how to feel about it. Oh my god! You mean it's like emotionally traumatic and it also is like brilliant? It is, it is emotionally traumatic. It is. It's Greg Araki. I think that's how you say his last name. Which okay. is he's a he's a queer filmmaker who does mm-hmm. very like. I don't think crazy is the right word, but very like. Not crazy, not weird, but out there kind of okay. gay like gay queer movies. I mean cuz that's what that's all we had for a long time. It was like something really art like artistic and way out there. So like, you know, what was it? Yeah, we never had mainstream. It was like either yeah. like the really bad ones that were like it's like not like touching, gay teen they movie were almost yeah. touching on softcore porn yeah. or it was like the really artsy ones where it's like black and white and two men getting together and you're like trying to get off to it as a 13 year old and you're like, but they're like, it's so weird and there's these weird shots that are yeah. really ruining the vibe. So gotta press that pause on your VHS children. Yeah, there's so many cigarettes and like weird violin music that's just totally cutting into my boner right now. Thank God Queer as Folk came around. That's all I have to say. And, uh, and for Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah. I, I God damn it. I haven't seen either version of Queer as Folk. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, I feel like we should do an episode too because I, it's not even like, it's sort of, no, it's, eh, it's in there. It's a, it's yeah. a pop culture thing you should know. It's about it's porn. Marky Mark is really hot. Yeah. Don't. I, I've, met a, a a, of, a I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of people. Penis. My favorite thing is I took a film class and we did an entire, um, it was a, uh, an analytical class where we read the script and then yeah. we watch the movie and we talk about oh, it. That sounds cool. And our teacher was a was a writer, but also a psychologist. Like, was his day job? Oh shit! So he would do his screenwriting and get sort of money on the side for that. But yeah, he had a practice. And he told us the story about his gay son telling him this whole spiel about how 
Boogie Nights was like the first movie he ever like jerked off to because of fucking Marky Mark. Yeah. Being Dirk Diggler and just like naked half the movie. Well, also, I mean, because like Marky Mark infamously had those like underwear ads back in the day too, or was it like an album cover or what? No, it was it was on it, well, it was everywhere. Okay, yeah. And, like if it wasn't Calvin like... Klein, he was sagging down to like. I feel like there are are many, many men who their first true graph experience probably had to do with Marky Mark in his underwear. Yeah. Oh, God. Actually, that would be be a really good episode for us to do at some point is like, what were those like things that we can like, like I said, we're doing pop culture. Not all of it is gay culture. But no, like, I, I think it'd be interesting to like do a, to have a conversation about like things we remember from our like our childhood. Been like, oh, maybe that was a sign. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> telling my mother we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kidding me? I'm going to like force this upon my parents. Like, oh my god, you should absolutely listen to me. Like, you don't know anything about Batman, my other podcast, but by all means, I'll do. Yeah, I'll do it when we're like seven episodes in. <laughs> my mom's already learning enough from the other one, so it's fine. Oh my god. Um, oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, like Wait. this this movie, like I, this movie, I also saw at a very young age. I was gonna like, ask, like, how did you come across this? My dad, like, that's, that's interesting. Yes. Like, what, my my dad loved this movie. Okay, he thought it was hilarious, and like, I was secretly thinking my dad's a little gay, but okay, um, just because the so movie, we're not telling him about this podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't, girl, he can listen to it. It's fine. He'll get <laughs> mad about it and not talk to me, and nothing will change. Okay. Um, but fun times. Yeah, fun times. Um but like he would he would show me all these movies that like now much later it's so weird to me because I look back and there's all these movies that are very big um in the LGBT community that aren't yeah. necessarily gay films but everyone references and talks about and has yeah. kind of like cultivated. I'm like my dad showed me that. My dad showed me that. My hmm <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, but my dad loved this movie. That's so interesting. Like, and this would like, be on I, his list. Yeah, and you know, I have a fucking dark sense of humor. Yeah, you know, I watched Nightmare Before Christmas before Hot Topic made it a thing, and everyone <laughs> thought I was the weird kid. Wait, so um, wait, so are you saying that you're a Nightmare Before Christmas hipster? Yes, yes, a thousand times. <laughs> yes, I don't fucking when, care. When Come the, for me. <laughs> when was the last time you went into a Hot Topic? Um, I go in for the Funko Pops. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, actually, a lot. Yeah, because, no, they do have Funkos now. And like, I and the Harry Potter merch. Okay, yeah, sometimes they have some cool, um, they like, got, t-shirts They got good stuff. nerd, it's all nerd merch now. Yeah, have you? I, this was back when it was, like, goth. Like, it looked yeah. like the devil's lair, and you're like, this, my stepmom's like, this play thank Christian, you ain't can't get in the shop there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you're walking through the mall, and all the summers are going to, uh, oh, fuck, what was it? Pack Sun, oh and all God, the yeah. winters are heading towards summer. Pack hot topic, winter hot topic. Yeah. great. Yeah. All the closet cases, Abercrombie <laughs> or Hollister. God, oh, <laughs> we should just talk about clothing I know. for an entire episode. Have, have you have you ever been to uh, the store called Bento Box up at like the Glendale Galleria? I haven't been to it. I know of it though. So the, it's pretty damn awesome. That's where I got my uh, my Batman blazer. Okay. With the yellow lining and the emblem in the back of it. And they have like Funko Pops. They have tons of really cool, like imagine like the like the the like the sections of Hot Topic where they have the cool nerd merch, but that but an entire store. Also, speaking of, I'm waiting for my death becomes her Funko Pops. Like, you know what? We're we've gotten so many random things now at this point. I think that's totally a possibility. Yeah, it's like every time like it was one of those things that I saw for the longest time and I didn't want to spend money because I knew I would go nuts. Oh, like yeah. beanie babies. And what got me was because I'm a giant Disney freak, 
is they had for a very limited time and it was very hard to get my hands on all of them because those fucking Disney moms that buy them all and sell them on eBay for a thousand percent times whatever the regular price is. Twats. Yeah. Because they're like, you're only allowed five and these are all the bitches in Anaheim who go every fucking day. They have nothing else to do. It's like, well, I bought five yesterday. I'm buying five more today. It's like, fuck. But they had Haunted Mansion special edition Funko Pops. And I was like, oh, girl, this (gasps) is where it happens. And I bought one. And then one of my favorite stores out in Burbank, Halloween Town, which is a 24, um, not 24 hour, uh, 365 year round Halloween store. What? What? Oh, I need to take you. I didn't know this uh, was a thing. Y'all should go go see this place if you like, you know, the dark, campy, any of that kind of shit. Because yeah. they got some cool shit. Um, and some great, like, nerdy shit. But, like, they Plus, have a giant... Plus, the store will eventually get popular. You can be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Halloween town hipster, too. Well, like, their their moneymaker is they they have their... They open a second store for their costume shop every oh, year okay. for Halloween. That makes sense. Where year-round they sell all this nerd gear for, like, horror films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So everything from, like... If you want kitchenware that looks like vials and science jars, they've got it. They've got all these like art artist renderings what? of. Oh yeah, I need to take you on this trip. Sounds we can do amazing. an entire episode on Halloween Town. Um, they we'll do a live in store episode. They've got a section for like slasher films, a section for Disney, a section for um, Universal Classic Monsters. Mm-hmm. But they did all that. I'm like, I want my, I want my. I'm like waiting now. I'm like, I want my death becomes her Funko Pops. Wait, keeping that tangent running, were you able to get all of the Haunted Mansion Funko Pops? No, you know. So I, what do they make? Do they do like the? It's, it's the ghosts. It's the it's the three ghosts the three and ghosts. the Hatbox ghosts. Oh, okay. So there's four of them. <gasps> oh my god. So and the Hatbox ghost is going for like a thousand dollars on. Oh, I'm sure. Fucking eBay. God so damn it. That day, the day that will never come when I'm rich and whatever, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. fucking buy it because. I'm fucking obsessed with Haunted Mansion. Well, it's it's the best. It's the best. It, well, it's my second favorite ride at Disneyland, but if only by like the tiniest of margins. What's your first? Pirates. Okay, you're one of those. Oh yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, it, I it, am. I feel like everyone is like either or. Like you're either a Haunted Mansion fan first and Pirates second, or vice versa. Because I'm I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> Pirates is my second favorite. But like a tiniest, tiniest margin. margin. But only the Disneyland one. I don't like the Disney World one as much. Uh, I'm trying to remember the difference in the Disney. I feel like the Disney World one... Disneyland one has two drops. Yeah, Disney World has the one drop, right? Yeah. It's pretty much the same, though, the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think Disney World... I think they put in... I like a drop. Yeah. I, I like a drop, too. I think Disney World put in the um, the new version of the Wench first. Yeah. I don't know if we have it now here. I haven't been to Disneyland in such a long time. I think so. I let my, my pass expire, so I haven't been in a long time. I'm so sad. I know. My, I mean, my, I've my, been like, I've been dying for one. My other podcast co-host, Cameron, he's at Dapper Day right now. And it makes me so sad because I really wanted to go. They have, they're doing a whole Aristocats theme across like, a whole group of them. And I had volunteered. Fuck him. <laughs> I know. I know, right? I had volunteered to be Uncle Waldo because I was just going to like wear like a, like a white collared shirt and a top hat, but, like be completely disheveled and have like, a suspender hanging off and like the hat pop through. I was doing a whole like drunken Waldo thing. I just it didn't have the time. I saw a great Disney meme once, and like the the tagline for it was "White privilege is leaving your entire inheritance to your cats." <laughs> <laughs> that fucking movie. It's so it's so true, but my god, I love that movie though. Oh, it, is, um, it was one of my top Disney films. Anyway, going back to Disney films, Death Becomes Her. <laughs> Death Becomes Her. So um, okay, so I, I want to talk about the the very opening scene when. 
Meryl Streep's character is on Broadway. You mean the scene where Meryl sings where everyone forgets that she can actually sing because they got yes. so obsessed with Mamma Mia? <laughs> She's a, like a legitimately, I mean, she can do everything, obviously. But, I mean, this movie, she does two things that she's not known for, singing and comedy, and she's amazing at both of them. Oh, yeah. But that whole, that that Broadway show that everyone's, like, getting up and leaving to say it's so terrible, I love it. I would watch two hours of that. Well, and, like, let's also just say that, like, it's a hard comedy to pull off because, like, people are dead, so it's kind of, like, yeah. it's dark. It's very, it's very and, macabre. And, and her and, like, Goldie Hawn pull it off, like fantastically well, they're all terrible people yeah like really really terrible people and you love all of them which the i mean the only thing is like i i think i ne i never really love Ernest because like Ernest is so terrible but he never kind of gets his comeuppance yeah i, and I feel like that 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 should have been the real ending is like he gets the potion right before something fucked up happens to him mm -hmm. and then they all have this weird fucked up family at the end yeah, I guess that that probably would have been like the most comeuppance. See, I I actually started to feel kind of sympathetic for him towards him towards the end. I didn't. He was a pussy. I mean, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. I think I think he was he was a strong man dealing with some strong women, and he could not fucking take it. He just I, sipped his Bloody Marys in the morning, and the, the maid came in and went, "Up oh, here, it's a Bloody Mary." I mean, let's call it what it is. There's a reason why I like feel bad for Ernest. Is we're both absolute betas, and. Really? Are you? I, that I didn't know. I learned something today. I know. I, yeah. Look what I got learned at for Gay It Forward. I think I I am, uh, I think I am a, a naturally inclined beta who just has to act like an alpha sometimes because most people are stupid. I mean, it's a gay podcast, so I can say it's weird. That's weird for a top. <laughs> <laughs> but, but ask it. <laughs> ask anyone ask my friends like oh Chris is like, like the world's like nicest top though he's like are you good are you okay like you doing alright is this so good am I alright <laughs> can I get you anything where I'm on the opposite end I'm like no go harder like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what I'll say in my tombstone here lies Chris Lord he was a beta top process that <laughs> mine's gonna say um, he said he'd just have two <laughs> See, I think yours should be no deeper. <laughs> no, comma, deeper, because you're already... <laughs> no, I'll just have to, comma, deeper. Yeah, just, just... <laughs> Speaking of just out too, I need a refill. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was smart, and I kept the bottle yes. next to me this time. So let me just... The ice cube has not run out. Okay, well, good. You have a bit of ice cube. Let's get this. Let's see if we can get some good foley here. I'm just, I'm just gonna give you this. Oh, let's geez. Get, let me just get the rest of this. All right, there we go. I have to get my car washed after um, this, so I can't get too drunk. Or at all. I mean, I'm gonna go work out, so I'm not trying to get probably like a nice buzz. Yeah. But no, I, I think this. It, it's also fucking hot out. I know it is. It doesn't help that I've had to like close off the apartment to avoid picking up random sounds out from the street. Yep. No AC, because that's a sound. <laughs> but I think I think I can see why. Like it's it's a surprising choice, I think, to do this first, but I can also kind of see why. Because it is it it is one, it's absolutely in line with our very much shared sense of humor. Cause it's super fucked up, but it's very campy, very silly. It's a hard tone to strike. For me, it's like this movie and Clue are like the two ones I can think of yeah. that like deal with 
like death and really terrible people doing terrible things in this weird kind of like lighthearted, playful way that you just want to hang out with them all the time. I weirdly think, I was just, uh, I was just thinking like, I, because I was also thinking about, cause like, it feels very conjunct. Oh my God. I would love to go see like at the fucking Egyptian or something like a double feature of clue and death becomes her. Yes. Wouldn't that be a fucking amazing. Can we just but, start, like start petitioning theaters? I know. To do this? Like, no. Well, you work for Outfest. Uh, yeah, I can, I can pitch that at some point. Yep. I mean, don't expect anything to go smoothly. I, I'm not knowing those things because a committee oh. of gay men trying to decide what films to show. You know, the fun, we actually were really good about, uh, so we just did our, our also, annual Beers and Queers. Also, and we did other, reason that, other reason I was very surprised you didn't know Death Becomes Her is because you work for Outfest. Well, yeah, but I never said I was a good gay. <laughs> like, I, I call myself the worst gay. <laughs> But no, we, I feel like I want to make that into a children's book. The worst gay? Yeah. We can do it. I, I don't know if you saw it right behind you. I have A Day in the Life have... of Marlon Bundo. Yeah. And it couldn't go on my bookshelf. It had to go prominently displayed in yes, the apartment. Well, you have to let your in-the-closet Republican friends know. Yeah. No, I, so I was home a couple weekends ago, and I used to live in this little town called Campbell, and they have my favorite bookstore ever. It's called Recycle Bookstore, and so they have new books, they have old books, but they have just, I love books. I have a massive bookshelf. It's like my favorite thing. I always go when I'm there. So I was waiting to meet up with my friends to go get drunk at 10 a.m., and it was a Sunday, and I heard the girl who worked in the store talking about this book, and I ran up to her, like, oh my God, do you have it? And she had a whole stack of them. So I bought it, and then I spent the rest of the, basically, afternoon just walking around the farmer's market drunk and carrying <laughs> a day in the life of Marlon Bundo. <laughs> and to be fair, Campbell's actually like, it's, I wouldn't call it a, like a super conservative town, but at the end of the day, it's in the middle of Silicon Valley. There's a good amount of money up there. There's a lot of like, like California, you're hard pressed to come across. Like, I mean, maybe OC go, yeah. like, go to the or like OC where it's like, yeah, head down to orange County where they all vote Republican. But yeah. Like half of them are gay anyway. Behind so. the orange curtain. That's a term I heard recently that I, wow. That I have I really, not heard that. I really liked that actually. Yeah. I'm still learning new gay things. Every See, look, single I goddamn have, gay. I have things to share with you. Too. I know you're a beta and <laughs> behind the orange curtain. Two things I've learned today. <laughs> that's, the more the, you know. that's it. That's all I got. I'll see if I can come up with a third, just for a bit's sake. Which, but. side note, you need to call this episode Behind the Orange Curtain. Oh. Instead of Death Becomes Her. Because <laughs> I don't know what else we'd use that for. I don't know either. <laughs> Maybe we'll just make it a hashtag. That's a good, that's a good choice, yeah. too. But, but it's, it's funny you relate to Ernest, because, like, is it bad I relate to Meryl? No, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like you, you are Meryl. I, <laughs> like, I, I have walked around my house getting ready yeah. for work, singing "I See Me." I mean, Jonathan, I hope you understand when I say this. It is meant as the highest compliment possible. But you're a huge cunt. <laughs> so I try not to be. I try my hardest <laughs> but, not to be. But, but people are terrible. <laughs> but again, I mean that as a compliment because, like, you're not, you're just maybe. I'm sorry. Maybe I should say that you are you are cunty. But you're not necessarily a cunt. I've gotten less. I've learned yeah. to hold it back. <laughs> but that's what makes you you. Although, <laughs> what I found is the hardest thing now is that I will hold back what I say. And then I will, like, someone will say something. I'll be like, oh. And, like, look at my phone. And they'll be like, why are you making that face? I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Be back. <laughs> Don't want to say something mean. Just, like, just hold it. Just. You know <sighs> what? I, to, to get deep psychology on you. Oh, please. It's because for the longest time having to deal with 
how I grew up and having to keep my mouth shut about things that irritated me. Yeah. Now me being a confident out gay man, I'm just like, bleh, like yeah. word vomit. No, I think, but I think that's actually kind of common. I mean, there that's a shared thing across, I think, most gay men who at some point in their lives, they weren't able to express themselves. I mean, because I, I, I identify with that too. I've also learned to control it more. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I hate to say this, Jonathan, but we are getting older. We are getting older, not necessarily wiser, but we, a little bit more experienced. And well, like, I also got a better job. That was a huge... Well, that's also part of it, too. Yeah. yeah. What, what a crazy thing. It's like the less things you have to be insecure about, the more just like comfortable you are Well, because Because when you're at work, you're like, you can't say shit to people at work, so it just comes out yeah. outside of anything. And it's like, where is this coming from? And you're like, well, I had a terrible work day, and I can't say anything because I don't yeah. want to get fucking fired. Uh, see, I'm actually quite lucky in that regard, because I'm kind of off in the corner of the office next to my coworker, well, Andrew. I'm fine, I'm fine now. Yeah. And this was before you had your new job. Yes. This is when I still worked for um, that award show that oh, everyone yeah. gets that everyone, fucking bored by. That everyone knows. That, you know, the gay film really won. Yeah. So many options that could be. I know. There's it's so the Indie Spirit Awards. That's <laughs> absolutely what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, the MTV Movie Awards. That's who you used to work for. Yeah, MTV. <laughs> yeah VMAs. Hey. <laughs> hey Speaking but, of, <laughs> Death Becomes Her won an Oscar. What? It did. Yes. Yeah, for uh, for best effects. So it is an Oscar nominated film. It is. Film. Well, Oscar winning film. Oscar winning film. Well, and what's well, it's got Meryl, of course. It's well, yeah, it's, of course. But what's crazy about this movie is you wouldn't expect it, but it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, yeah. And then when you stop and think about it, like, well, of course, it had to be. Because it does have, for the time, some like, kind of cutting edge effects. A lot of really good practical effects in it, too. No, like, it... Look, I have told people that, like... I have issues with wanting to do drag. Like, I kind of want to do it, and I don't want to do it. I'm scared to do it. We need to do it. But I want to do, like, creepy drag, like Sharon Needles, which you still kind of don't understand that entire reference. Um, What? I don't understand. What's the pun there? It's, um... (laughs) Just, just, uh, you know, swish it around in your mouth like it's cum. Or tequila. Or, or, yeah, tequila, because, yeah. Oh, I'm out. I'm almost out. Oh, well, you got a whole liquor cabinet. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, good. <laughs> Sharon Neal's. It's like, find the pun in liquor hole. Liquor hole. Um, you have it's, a liquor it's, hole it's, Yeah, it's, that's what it is, right? It's a hole that you just store all your liquor in because you don't. it's the good stuff you don't want anyone else to drink. Yeah. So you, like, you dig a hole in your backyard and you fill it full of liquor, maybe insulate it so that it can but stay at like, a that, nice regulated temperature and then you put a cover over it. But it's also that thing I'm guessing you don't do to the bottoms you invite over. <laughs> Oh, how dare you think? Have we not talked about the fact that I am a very caring and considerate top? I mean, yes, but I just... I, no, I, I actually... I don't know what that entails. Oh, no, I quite enjoy eating out some asshole. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I do, though. I absolutely do. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, Sharon Needles... Oh, but no, because like I, I like the creepy macabre stuff and I like I like the camp stuff of it. And so like people would be like, Would you ever do drag? I'm like, Well, if someone did Goldie Hawn to my Meryl Streep and we did Death Becomes Her as drag, I would totally do it. Oh, I'd do that. Oh, maybe this Halloween we have our costume. Well, there we go, yeah. But at the same time it comes to the fact of like how do you put a hole in your stomach? Um bleh. see, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's where the problem lies. So I've I've intrinsically made did I use that word right? You did. Okay. You did. I've intrinsically... Um, wait, hang on. Hang on. I think the best way you could possibly do it, it, it doesn't work perfectly, but if you were to put a circular mirror at the end of the candle, that might... It would kind of give the illusion a little bit. I mean, other than that, you do like just like a black hole and like Roger Rabbit style. 
Let's um, just let's just take a, a field trip to the Magic Castle and ask everybody this question. Okay, I can arrange that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love going to Magic Castle. It's fine. Yeah, I've been the one time, but I can I can get us going back again. I have been so, twice. It's amazing. It's so good. I wish I could go more. I want to take my parents there. It's the only thing in LA I haven't taken them to do. Yeah. Well, so I looked at that when I went, I invited along, again, other co-host, podcast co-host, Cameron, who is straight, but also just like the like most cheerful, delightful human being you'll ever meet. What do you get meet. out of that relationship? <laughs> he's, he's such, uh, he's just like, he's this beacon of positivity that I desperately need in my life because I am. I mean, in, have some mimosas, you'll be a beacon of positivity <laughs> real fast. Well, there's two <laughs> options. Either I'm drunk all the time off mimosas or hang out with Cameron. But I took Cameron with me, and like as excited as I was to be there, he was that much more excited, because he's basically just a kid. He's just a child in a kind of adult's body. <laughs> and he was so happy to be there that like that made me happy that I was able to bring him. Like The joy was almost the fact that I was able to get him to have that experience more so than having it myself. It, just made, it made, made me so happy. I, I am sure it did. I feel like we need to have him on an episode. We do. For something. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that everyone everyone thinks Cameron's the gay one. Of the pair of us, everyone always makes that assumption. His love for Vin Diesel movies. He loves Vin Diesel. His favorite he Batman lo- movies are the ones with the nipple and the butt. This is true. He loves Batman forever. He is one of the biggest Disney people I know, referenced earlier in the conversation. He's at Dapper Day right now. Well, he's a sweetheart and super cute. I mean, he'd I know. get eaten up at anything. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I like... I, I have... It's a terrible thing that I love to do. And my straight friends can back this up. I love taking my straight friends to gay bars and watching to see how how they interact. Like some, like some, I have, I have some good looking friends. My, my poor friend Alec, I ditched him at a gay bar one night. I <laughs> hope was, you went home with someone. I did. It was my my first night living in L.A. in West Hollywood, and I came across this incredibly attractive Australian jag lawyer. So like, yeah, I ha- you have to go. Home. I had to. I had to. He was Australian. You, yeah. it's you no. just have to. You have to go home with that. Yeah. I, I've, my recent problem is now, is my, my drunk impatience. So someone will tell Surprising me. Surprising no one. So someone will. T- <laughs> Shady bitch. <laughs> so someone will tell me that like, so like the last time like I met a guy, I felt so terrible. Like very sweet guy. Look, I, I've realized something. I love, I love a handyman. I love a guy that can fix a kitchen sink and okay. not necessarily spell it. <laughs> I'm glad you laugh. I know what that reference is from. Well, um, I actually don't know what that's from. I just thought it was a good line. I know you don't because you've never watched all of Will and Grace. This is why I tell people not to watch this show. Um, so what we've learned is at the end of the run of this podcast series, I'm going to laugh at no more of your jokes because I have seen all of where they came from. Oh, I mean, I don't count on that. <laughs> um, but like, so I met him at Beaches, mm-hmm. which have you... I love beaches. So good. They um, have a great drink there called the Waikiki. I met him at beaches. He was from like a nearby town in Illinois that I was from. So he okay. knew where I was from. Super cute. Totally into it. We went to Mickey's because Mickey's pours very bad, like not bad, but very heavy drinks. They pour I drink it generously. Yeah. They are not holding back. No. <laughs> like straight bars. They're like um, the opposite of the Abbey. But he went to the bathroom I had a blank moment of being drunk, thought he left me, got sad, and then was like, well, I just guess I'll go home now, and left. And then that morning, like, 
I realized, I'm like, fuck, I left because I didn't realize he went to the bathroom. <laughs> I got impatient. Fuck. You stupid bitch. <laughs> Listen, beta. <laughs> um, so, okay, I do, I do want to take some time to talk about the incredible lines that are in this oh, movie. Because if there, if there is a movie I can think of that, if, if someone didn't understand what the concept of shade was, I feel like you would say, go watch Death Becomes yeah, Her. Come back. And you will understand it. Like, there's that incredible line when uh, it's, like, after the second seven-year jump. So now we're, like, catching up with uh, Marilyn and Bruce, or what are their names? It's Ernest and... Ernest and... Oh, Marilyn? Marilyn, yeah. Yeah, Marilyn and Ernest when they're living out in Beverly Hills, and Ernest isn't in bed in the morning, so we find him, like, passed out on the floor in his office. And they do that weird mirror shot of Meryl in the bed, yeah. and I'm, like, tripped out. Well, they do. there's a lot of mirrors in this film. Like, this is where you can see, like... Zemeckis being like wanting to do something interesting like technically and also like a little bit artistically it's like oh we're gonna throw tons of mirrors it's all reflections well and I think this is another thing of like to like kind of stop oh, oh. shit snacks uh, my apartment's haunted I wasn't sure if you were aware of this you were talking about how much you love both the cob and the macam excuse the me the macab excuse me why you know <laughs> 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 together for a second Scared the shit out of me. Sorry, um, that, that was just the dog. He was tired of me listening to us, and he slammed the door. These faggots. <laughs> um, so, oh, mirrors. Oh, mirrors. Um, fuck, I forgot. It, that scared the shit. Out of it's fine. It's fine. So what? I, what I was gonna say is, I love the line when they they we we see Ernest and he he kind of rises up off the ground. And he asks like, "Oh, is it up yet?" It's like, "Yes." She was wondering where you were this morning. It's like. Oh, that's what I was going to say, is that I think women and gay men really relate to this movie because of the way that film schooling this thematically attaches itself to youth. Yeah. And, like, look, my biggest fear for the longest time, I saw some short film in college that made me terrified to be, like, a 40-year-old twink going on 13. Like, yeah, I've seen those guys... I never want to be that. Well, actually, so someone, I forget who posted this, but someone posted, I saw this on Twitter a while ago now, but it was this great comment, and it was like, there's a reason why so many gay men act like they're teenagers is because our teenage years weren't ours to live. I, I'm paraphrasing. I it was, it was like, so many gay men act like teenagers in their 30s because our teenage years were stolen from us. That's what it was, yeah. Which is so, like, I even saw it, and I was like... Damn. Cause, like, cause, well, because I saw it on my feed, too. It was like, yeah. it was like oh, this... This one tweet sums up gay culture. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, uh -huh. bro. I looked down, I'm like, yeah, that's sort of how oh, I yeah. feel. That bitch is lobbing some truth bombs right there. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that was like... Gay <laughs> Twitter is like, you where it's that, at. You're the moment you're like, oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, that's... I'm like starting to get money and... Yeah, and everyone's like... Pay for trips to like gay cruises and stuff. Like, what? <laughs> like, and then every gay man read that. I'm like, oh, God, I need a drink. Yeah, <laughs> 20s, 20s are for you to be messy and that's, figure out your gay that's self. That's exactly it. Well, you know, I, I always tell like all my straight friends back home, it's like, yeah, like I'm like 28, but that's like 40 in gay years, which is both kind of true and kind of not. I feel like either you're young and twinky and, and hot and everyone wants to fuck you, or you're like 40 and you get the silver fox thing going on and you have money 
and then everyone wants to hang around you because you'll pay for shit. You can be someone's like sugar twink. daddy. <laughs> not yet a daddy. Um, All you need is time. What? What is that? What's that? <laughs> I don't. I saw it on the internet. Okay. But it's a Britney Spears reference. Okay. Do you not get that? Who? Uh, who's Britney Spears? Um. I, I'm putting my glass down because I feel like I'm going to shatter it in my hand. Or throw it at my head. One of the two. Prob- more shatter. I I don't I don't throw I would throw the liquid, but there's not no more liquid. That's true, yeah. You've you've reached the end. I also do not want to damage No, I appreciate stuff. that. All the entire table's so worth of podcasting. I would, I would sacrifice me just getting a bloody hand. Well it is appreciated. But I I, I want to talk more about these lines. Because there's some really damn good ones in there. So we, we've hit a few of them. So I think now a warning is probably the most used, I would say, out of this. Like the most famous one. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Because it's the easiest to throw into everyday conversation. You can throw it anywhere. Yeah, like the envelope one is like much harder to throw in. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favorites is when we learn what Ernest is doing now. That he's like putting makeup on cadavers to give them that sort of a glow. And he's like... <laughs> like okay I'll, I'll try and you know give him some character and depth and the, the more attention like, you can't give him character and depth no one will recognize him <laughs> it's just so or the the other great one of course is i can see right through you you madeline are a liar and i can see right through that is my favorite line that's my favorite line in the whole damn movie or just like like i said before the whole like when she throws the spear and yes. gets it right through she's like yes oh Damn! Yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> like it's such a good moment of like, I totally feel for that. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, you got it, yeah, right through her. You didn't kill her. Damn. Oh. <gasps> or even when um, after, he's oh, this is Madeline, Madeline, Rail Street. When she's like falling down the stairs and they take her to see the doctor, and. He's like figures out that she's dead, but she's still up and functioning. And he walks over to Ernest, who's got a flask. Like, can I get some of that? <laughs> sits down, like like pops a tablet. I didn't catch that. That's why he has a heart attack. He's like, that's a glycerin tablet, and like you're not supposed to mix that with alcohol. So he basically like, oh, that's a you got some yeah I know schnoz in your stash. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but it's like yeah, like that moment of like the doctor like has a heart attack because he like kills himself with with glycerin tablets and alcohol. I love, because right after that moment, Ernest is trying to find his wife. He's like, where is she? She's in the morgue. Oh my God, she'll be so pissed. And he goes <laughs> running off. But even like, after she falls down the stairs, like what, what is it she says right there? Because Ernest, cause he, he assumes that she's He's dead. on the phone. Yeah. And he's like, Ernest! Ernest! You pushed me down the stairs. And her like head is like backwards. Yeah, flopping all around there. I love I love that first scene where she's like completely head backwards and just trying to like function. Yeah. And not realizing. And then she says one of my other favorite lines I love doing after leg days, where I'm just like, my ass. I can see my ass. Oh god, you would. And to be fair, coming from you. <laughs> I will acknowledge <laughs> it is not unjustified. I don't brag about things I don't. I can't back up. <laughs> right? If I don't have receipts to back things up, I can't do it. <laughs> but no, it's just it. It's got so many, so many great lines, and it's just so much fun. Like I can see why this would have 
like had an impact on you when you were younger? Like not even necessarily knowing that you were gay, but like having some part of you resonate with it on some level you couldn't even recognize. I can yeah. see that why that would be a thing. I mean, I wanted to be Meryl Streep, so. <laughs> Understandable, because she's just amazing in this movie. I just, I just love that these movies always add a second layer when you get old enough to realize other all these other references as a yeah. kid. Like, I already loved it as a kid, but then, like, I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that's what that uh, meant. Oh, uh, this is that reference. Yeah. Oh, like... I, you know, I think I'm actually kind of glad that I saw it as an quote-unquote adult. I mean, it would have been nice if you saw it in high school, but let's be honest. But, like, I, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I didn't even really know what was going on with me in high school. Like, you know, I'm I'm... Slightly later to this whole thing. Uh, so It's fine. I get the joy of... Yeah, you get the joy of watching I me. I can show you the world. Me being a um, like a toddler gay. I think a baby gay is like a little too strong. But Oh, baby... Oh, girl. Baby gay is like... That's like you don't even... You don't, I'm, it's like, one, I'm too old to be a baby gay. Yeah. But it's more about like life experience than age, but I'm, let's be honest, I'm too old to be a baby gay at this point. It's like you have to explain the gay birds and the bees. So the... The bees? Yes. <laughs> also, that phrase never made any sense to me. Like, why is it the birds and the bees? Like, they both... Are the birds and the bees fucking, or are we talking about, like, birds on birds and bees on bees? Well, I mean, I've never... It's never made sense to me, because the whole thing is, like, both birds and bees pollinate. So, it wouldn't be, like, the birds and the flowers, or, like, the bees and the flowers? That's a... Yeah, I mean, if it's the birds and the bees, that's actually, that's inherently, that's an inherently gay thing, because those are both the fertilizers. So if it's the birds and the bees, we're just basically talking about, yeah. Might as well just be the dogs and the dogs. Yeah. For gay people. Yeah. Or at least gay men. <laughs> yeah, a phrase that never made any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, like, I, I really, really fucking loved this movie. Like... I think this is, it's going to be hard for it to get up there with, like, The Birdcage for me. Like, The Birdcage is probably my all-time favorite, like, gay I mean, film. But, that, again, that's also because I saw that. We'll talk about that on yeah, a later date, but, that's, like, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I, I saw that much longer before I saw this. But I, I had the opposite where I saw I saw Death Becomes Her first. Oh, okay, yeah. I think it's kind of, it's. I think there's an element of that. Whichever one can you come to first, the stuff you come to earlier, resonates. So it'll never resonate for me at that same level but i love this like this is a movie that i will definitely find myself just putting on i also just lean towards the macabre stuff more oh same just like yeah i mean this is part of the reason you and i both love clue so much I know, like that's another episode we have to do they're not gonna make they're not gonna remake it well they're not they're just not no it's, they can't no i i've had this conversation with a few people before if you remake clue don't make it a comedy yeah don't do it like because that's such a weird premise that's such a weird concept to start with like an all-star 80s comedy based off of a murder mystery board game. Like that it should only work in the 80s. Like yeah, it can only work in the 80s. You can only work with that cast. You make If you do a new version, you actually go like full-on like murder mystery. Like make it, Give it like a really like dark tone. I don't think it's a super dark well, tone. But, like, I find the sad thing is like these days, like camp rarely exists anymore. Yeah. Like, you well, don't, it's hard you, to do. Well, it is, but like also people are like, that doesn't sell. Like yeah. it's just kind of like... Because well, I think part of what makes camp like work... I, like, I love Daitanya, but I was hoping there was going to be, like, a good amount of camp in it. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, still good, but I was, like, it was so-so, like... Um, I feel like... Allison Janney brought some of it, but it well, wasn't... Like, I Allison thought it was going to be, like, amazing. balls to the wall kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to go, like, full-on crazy. I was, like, oh, it's actually kind of, like, a drama about this girl and her stage mother and blah 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 i was like it's still good but well but i also feel like camp is a really hard thing to do because 
It's not intentional. Yeah, that's the thing. Camp can't really go along with self-awareness. That's true. That well. Or at least you can't play campy. Yeah. And be really, really self-aware. Like it has, camp is kind of inherently like a little bit deadpan. And I feel like John Waters is the only one who's been able to kind of like make it. Yeah. Like, yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. He can do like both the tongue in cheek and like the little twinkle in the eye. Which we're going to have to have a whole episode on John Waters. I've never seen a single John's water. John, John's, John's Waters film. Like a big dick, we're going to ease you in easily with hairspray. <laughs> and then we're just going to go all the way to... Uh, oh God, I, I have seen... Uh, I, I watched Pink Hairs- Flamingos. No, I, I have not. No. I have seen... I saw Hairspray Live... Uh, I can't talk. Hairspray Live. And I watched it's, it. No, it's not the same. I know, but I did watch it at Flaming Saddles. It doesn't... It doesn't... That's not... No, it doesn't count. The John okay. Waters movie is a lot different. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll do that one, too. <laughs> so... One, what is your favorite quote from the movie? Is it the envelope? What is it? Um, hmm. I think I have a soft spot for the envelope line because I heard it first before I saw the movie. It's okay. one that I would love to like throw in, but it won't happen very often. I, I, I feel like uh, the line I'm probably going to use the most is going to be the now a warning. But I think the line... It's the most useful in daily life. Yeah. That that got a, a full laugh out loud, like, guffaw from me. I think it was that and then the um, the character and depth line are the two that, like, actually got me to, like, really bust out laughing. So I think personal favorite, character and depth, the one I'll use the most. Uh, now a warning. What about you? Um, it's now a warning or I can see my ass. <laughs> Those are the two that I throw back of and course. forth all of day. Look, I would love to say, er- well, I don't know if I'd love to say, Ernest, you push me down the stairs all the time, but like, that's the yeah. one I quote to myself because I have no context ever to use it in. Well, you know, maybe if you're lucky, someday you'll have context. You don't, you a shady bitch. <laughs> hey, you like the macabre? <laughs> come to your door backwards. Backwards face. <laughs> I, I would welcome you. The problem, is you, out, the were, problem is you show up with a shotgun. Weird out every boy I bought home just staring at him being, doing doggy style like, hey. Yeah. Like, this should not be what I'm looking at. You guys can have a conversation. You can look, he can look you in the eyes while he's fucking you in the ass. I mean, there are other ways to do that. But I know. It would be the weirdest way yeah. possible. Um, oh, so, God. on our... What I'm going to instill is our rating scale. Okay. Is this a yas? A yas or a yas queen? Uh, so now, oh, see, the thing is you've now put me in the spot where I have to give my answer while also trying to say it sincerely. Cause it's, As I've told you, just feel the moment. Feel, feel the, the moment. movie. Okay, reflect on how the movie made you feel. Okay. I think, I think for me this is a yas. There you go. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Second time. <laughs> yeah, it's second time ever. We'll get there. I feel like you're just going to have me around for the longest time as your, like, Yas coach. I'm just going to call you Jonathan. <laughs> I feel like Mo- this is the moment I need to say I need, this. I need, I need to drop a Yas. Can like, you help me? Okay. Like, just keep down. Feel it. How do you feel? You don't have to let out the biggest ones. Yeah. Right now, I can only just, like, let it, like, fall out like a whisper. I haven't been able to do it with something not movie related with you yet, though. That's true. That's what mm. is going to be the interesting That's, that'd thing. That's the, the real trick. Let's see what we can come up with on that one. Um, be very interesting. I don't know. So, 
how how would you rate this on our our, our yes? It's a yas queen for me. I this is always a yas queen. I was just like, cannot love it. Watch it when I'm sad. I love watching the bitch this, get pushed downstairs. Yeah, this would be a good one to throw on if you're like feeling a little melancholy. Yeah. And then Goldie Hawn just gets launched after that shotgun blast. So fantastic. It's just so, it's so over the top. I know. Goddamn delightful. I kind of want to watch it again. You should. I really should. You should. Own it. Watch it over and over again. Learn it. Memorize it. Live by it. Yeah. This is, this for me is a really good iTunes movie. Like this sort of movie that I would buy on iTunes because I just want to put it on randomly sometimes. And you can watch it anywhere. I can watch it anywhere. Like I could watch like you could just, show people. Yeah, I just like throw it on on a plane or something like that. Like this is that's for me like and this is my do, favorite movie. So that's ones, actually like, what I do with Drag Race now is I buy yeah. it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that way like I don't have to be like oh I don't have the DVD with me. I'm like it's on my Amazon Prime. Let me just log in and yeah. show you. And then like I get people addicted to it. Yeah. Well, eventually you'll get me addicted to it as right. we we go through our, our long long list of all these gay things that I have no understanding of. I don't know how you've gone this far. I've only like I've only lived in West Hollywood for less than three years, and I like there wasn't really a lot of great opportunity to be gay before that. Like we maybe we can go into more detail on why in a previous episode, but it's like there was no like there wasn't a really good way for me to like embrace or even get access to gay culture until I moved to West Hollywood. I mean, gay culture is is a lot of pop culture, so it's just like yeah, but it's not. Like, I wasn't introduced to Death Becomes Her by gay people with my dad. Yeah. And the jury's out on that, but right. okay. Um, but, like, the broader context, that's why there's so many things I have no understanding of. is because, you know, and then I, I show up to West Hollywood and, like... Well, I'm here all, all like, my, my, my yeah. to show you it all. You, you can draw me away from, like, my mask beta topness and just send me to the other end of the spectrum. It's like a fucking double negative. <laughs> Nothing about that makes sense. I'm a walking oxymoron. Uh, but anyways, um mask being like the slightest mask on the scale. Yeah. But like I'm not super fam. No, but I feel like I can push you into it real easily. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm going to get you're going to get you're going to get in drag and be you are going to be the fiercest queen. Oh my god, I want to do it so bad. <laughs> so 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 bad. Also, I uh, learned that thing or two from some fem tops. Yeah. Like beta. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Send me your fem tops. Oh, God, you don't. It scratches on my back for weeks. Anyway. Anywho, uh, so we'll, we'll put our, the actual podcast stuff at the end, uh, our social media stuff. But, like, Jonathan, if people want to reach out to you or see your My your thirst Instagram, traps yeah, are on yeah. jdubs22 on Instagram. I don't. Really use Twitter all that much right now, so I'm not going to post that. But uh, yeah, that's really all I got. Okay, yeah, I'm at Lordofer, so my last name and the latter half of my first name, Lord Ofer, mm. not like Lucifer. You're the opposite of me. You don't use Instagram. <laughs> no, I like as much. Mo- most of my Instagram and... is Legos. <laughs> it's a lot of Legos. I did recently post a photo of me, but it was at WonderCon with a life-size Wally. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's mostly just really nerdy, nerdy shit. Uh, but yes, that's how you can find me there. So uh, Also, my other podcast is Buzzed on Broadway. Oh, so right, So you queens that love Broadway and love hearing people get shit-faced over it and talk about it, head on over there. And Chris's with Cameron. With Cameron, with the lovely, lovely Cameron Dexter, who's probably having a great time at Disneyland right now. Ours is Tim Talk with two M's named after... You don't sound bitter about that at all. 
I'm super bitter about it right now. So fuck, I'm stuck here with you doing this podcast. I know. I could be drunk and in a suit at Disneyland. I mean, you could be one of those things right now, but you have to get your car washed. So it's, it's, it really needs a wash. It's, <laughs> real, it's, it's, it's real bad. It's real bad. Um, Tim Talk. Two Tim Talk. Two M's. Named after Bruce Tim, who created the DC animated universe, which is what our podcast is all about. But we talk other nerdy shit too. Um, like we, I'm not sure when exactly this will come out, but like, we'll Scooby have just Doo, done. James Bond. We talk about Scooby-Doo, we talk about James Bond, because that's the things we love. We also do like big movie crossovers too, so Infinity so all, War, super All things about that. comic book nerd, go to Chris if yeah. you want your Broadway show tunes and some fucked up people talking about it. You got me. Yeah, and the lovely thing is if you explore both those podcasts, you'll find other crossovers with both Jonathan and myself. Yeah, Chris came on to talk about Chicago. I came on and talked about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Yep. Ah, oh, it's great times. But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wait, I should be, wait. I need to be more flamboyant, right? Not bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Gay at Four. The podcast is produced by Chris Lord and Jonathan James and edited by Chris Lord. Music by Chris Humans and Colin Diaz. Artwork by Cameron Dexter. Please subscribe and review on iTunes. Follow the podcast at Gay at Forward on Instagram and YouTube and at Gay at Four Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Got an idea for an episode? Send us an email at gayatforwardpod at gmail.com. Thanks and stay fabulous.